In the last few weeks, we all watched as Nigerians from all over the world came out to protest against the use of brute force by the members of the Special Anti-Robbery Squad Unit of the Nigerian Police Force known as SARS. The events of the NSARS movement unfolded before our very eyes. So much tension and chaos ensued. I'm of the opinion that so many things in life are not clear-cut. There are so many grey areas and nuances in life that makes it difficult to have a blanket role or have a blanket decision over certain situations. These nuances require individual analysis, but this NSARS movement, this agenda to NSARS, isn't one of them. Nigerians were simply fed up with the police force and decided to protest peacefully against police brutality and for the right to be treated fairly and respected as people. That, to me, is clear-cut. And there is no grey area there. But as we all know, people will always have different opinions. The current climate we're in doesn't allow for mutual conversation. We don't talk to one another. Better still, we only talk to people with similar opinions to ours. As a curious person, I embarked on a journey to converse with people on the different ends of the NSA spectrum to see if we can find a common ground. This is aimed at having honest and objective discourses around the topic of NSAs and ultimately a better Nigeria. I have to put forward and acknowledge that I am fully in support of the NSAs movement, but I promise to try and tuck away my own biases while I try to understand and get the perspective of my guest. You can call it looking at the NSAs movement through different lenses, appealing to the social consciousness of people, or even a social experiment. Truth is, I want to get us talking. Let us have these uncomfortable conversations. Understanding, respecting, and tolerating one another is something the world could use more of. And I hope we're able to find a common ground. This movement is beyond one person, and it's a fight for us all. So... Welcome to the first part of the science conversation. Please ensure you listen to the last episode of this series so as to get a proper context. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Loud Thoughts with Sadia. And I'm back today with another episode on the mini-series of the SARS Conversation. I've got with me another guest today. We're looking at um, the SARS movement, the NSARS movement from uh, his perspective. And his name is Mohammed. I'm just going to pass it to him to introduce himself. So thank you so much, Mohammed. Thank you for being on the show and Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So it gives the listeners some idea as to where your thoughts and opinions are coming from. And um, thank you for, for joining, officially coming on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be hosted by you on this podcast uh, today. Um, hello, viewers. My name is Mohammed Dahir Olawal. Um, I'm a development journalist and I'm the managing uh, editor and convener of Ariwa Agenda. Ariwa Agenda is a movement of young writers and journalists um, across the northern Nigeria where we try to look at development perspectives as it affects um, the region and by extension the nation. And we try to um, report them in such a way that we bring about necessary 
development in areas highlighted uh, besides uh, uh, running the Arewa Agenda Movement in just about some uh, about six months ago, I am also involved in a lot of activism, activism, um, advocacy, advocacy issues, and and what have you. So I'm also a digital survey person, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I love and and this because that's just the few I can remember about myself because there is um. There's, there's, there's so much oh okay right <laughs> during the course of the discussion right <laughs> um, it looks like you're such an i'm so excited already i'm getting like oh goodness um the arrow agenda <laughs> plan does sound interesting and i feel like this is me booking you ahead for another episode just to come and talk about the arrow agenda hopefully if you're open to doing it because it does sound like there's a lot to dig out there and i would love to have that conversation with you yeah sometime soon yeah, there is i'll be glad to share oh oh that, that, I'll be glad to share that <laughs> that's good <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's all about it's all about unity uh, national growth development and progress oh. and we're just trying to do all we could to see how we can you know stabilize the nation generally mm-hmm. because you know we need to we need to we need to we need to stop this madness we are doing in this country mm. we need to start looking at new phase things that affects people at the grassroots level to the top and stuff so if people don't talk and we don't channel the right communication messages we're still going to have a long way to mm. go in the country. So that's what we are yeah. So I'll be glad to discuss that. Yeah, too. you're absolutely uh, right. And it's also one of the things that I stand for as well. I'm all about um, tolerance, unity, living one another. I mean, there's still a way we can find a common ground. And again, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this mini-series, like I explained to you earlier. I'm just trying to... I feel like we don't talk to each other enough. We don't talk to one another enough. We just prefer to speak to people that are holding the same similar thoughts with us and if someone else dares to have a dissenting opinion has a contrary thought to us we automatically cancel them automatically label them as a hitter and really really it's not always the case yeah so people actually people actually have us to uh, 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 divergent opinions mm. and you don't know that it's divergent opinions that will actually make you see the true mm. angles to issues so that you can know how best to approach them. Absolutely. So whenever people whenever people say something that is just against your thoughts and your perspective or your worldview, you just feel they're attacking you, which is not so. I usually tell people that, look, don't tell me what I know already. Tell me what, what I do. the other side of Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can put me on the spot and i will know where to handle issues really it's always better that way yeah. yeah you you have no idea how i'm literally excited right now as you just said what you said i was like yes he just made my point yes uh, i can't wait to have you back on and for now i want us to just focus on uh of course we ha- we've all seen how the uh Enter's movement has gone and how everything has unfolded and the unrest that happened uh, after on. For maybe those that don't know what SARS is, um, SARS is uh, a unit of the Nigerian Police Force. SARS stands for Spe- Special Anti-Robbery Squad and it's one of the units of uh, Nigerian Police Force that is, like the name says, supposed to tackle um, robbers. But for some reason, they've been more of the opposite they've, they've, they've yeah. been causing more of a menace to us and people have come out to protest in the last few weeks and uh, a lot mm. a lot has happened and i just wanted to get your thoughts firstly about what you think of the movement mm. not the protest 
you know, the cost itself, because the cost is different, the movement is different, and of course, um, the protest. Okay. So the cost itself and the movement, what, 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 what's your stand on that? Mm. Um, well, actually, when we're talking about issues like these that are very sensitive, especially, we, we need to look at things, we need to look at things in context, you, you get. Um, mm. As far as um, the NSAS itself as a unit is concerned, uh, uh, saddled with their mandate in order to curb uh, uh, robbery and other uh, criminal activities across the country, you will see that um, their, their, shall I say, their mm. mis, um, the misapplication of their power is more pronounced um, more mm. in the western part of the country. And in mm. the northern part of the country, we usually do not have uh cases of uh police brutality with uh, with answers so you would you would excuse the westerners when they look at mm. the, the 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 answers movement from a different prison and you also excuse the northerners when they look at it from uh the prison because their realities are not the same their realities are quite different you, you get so mm. because because if you look at the north for example now we are grappling with issues of uh terrorism kidnapping banditry and what have you so um, 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 uh, a kind of force like the NSAS is something that's mm. needed if they will, they will actually be empowered in the true sense of the word, you know, to curb these issues. You, you know, it's something that we might actually need in the north. But when you go uh, uh, to the mm. west, you will see that because of um, some kind of encounters they have with maybe people who are into criminal activities and what have you, they are actually trying to abuse their power and their um, gone to an extent that they, they pushed Nigerians to the wall and Nigerians reacted by trying to ensure mm. that the, 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 the unit itself is being uh, disbanded, uh, a movement which was achieved. You know? So if you look at the cause, I actually, you can say it's legitimate, mm. but let me, let me talk of the cause of the protest itself, not the cause. Mm. You know, when you talk of the what caused the protest uh, uh, to start with, you, you get, you will see that it's a result of encounters, uh, bad system, lack of checks, you, you, you know, and a lot of other things that create animosity between, you yeah. know, uh, uh, the citizens who are supposed to be friends of the police and the police unit itself, you know. So this animosity has grown over time to the extent that it has pushed people to the wall and they felt, no, these people, they are mm -hmm. supposed to protect us, they're supposed to guide us, but why are they the one terrorizing us instead? So if they are terrorizing us, what's their use? Let's disband them. So now if you look at it now, you now see that the cause of the NSAS protest, you know, itself is rooted highly legitimately mm -hmm. because, because people need to feel secure. People need to feel that they are being protected. Mm -hmm. You know, people need to know that they're actually friends of the police, not actually enemies. You don't need to see a policeman as a, as a, as a citizen and start running away simply because you feel they will round you yeah, up literally. and just lock yeah. you up in a cell somewhere else where you don't know where your life will, will head to next. But it started it started that way. But eventually, you see that mm. the, the, the protests, um, a lot of people don't like us using the word hijack, but that's just the fact of the mm. matter. I use the medical word mutation. I, would, I hope my medical friends will excuse me. It's mutated from a legitimate call for what? A, a, a rehabilitation mm. of the police force itself. And good for governance. Years. We have been calling for good governance in this country right from Adam. You know, we are talking of we are, we are, we are talking of good governance from the time we were under British colonial rule. We are talking of good governance uh, after we've been given independence in the year 1960s. We are in the 20th century in a digital age. We are still talking of good governance. You know, 
it's just it's just it's just so crazy what's happening all over the country and, and citizens really do have the right so the anger yep. i think came out mm. from a bottled up you know they have been bottling up pains and angers all all Let along so this yeah. was just an avenue for them to you know you know just uh voice out you know yeah, yeah exactly and demand for good governance and what does good governance entail it also entails a very effective police force and what does a, uh, an effective uh, police force entails an effective police force entails that there will be there will be reduction in 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 in, in crimes and criminalities across the country so you can mm. see that if you look at it from that perspective it's a legitimate thing but eventually when it's mutated it's now started taking uh, mm. uh it now started taking an ethnic coloration to it and it now started taking a religious coloration to it. And we all know mm. that in this country, religion and ethnicity are two sensitive things that, we, that mm. is capable of pitching one group of people against the other in just a few seconds. You, you, you know? And before you know, they started using uh, the social media to start coordinating a lot of misinformation and fake news and, mm. and what have you. That 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 Igbos are attacking Muslims. Muslims are attacking Igbos and and and, and stuff like that. Before you know, it mutated to a, 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 a political uh, a political rivalry, where you see that some politicians are being attacked directly or indirectly. Then it mutated from that to what we witnessed uh, that culminated into the. Well, my friend said I should stop calling it um, looting <laughs> because they went and took what was theirs. The entire project itself was not, was, not, was not strategically executed to a logical conclusion. And as a result, you know, it was hijacked by this element that, mm. gave, that gave it different dimensions, ethnicity, political sentiments and rivalry, mm. um, uh, uh, religious bias and what have you. So it, it now rubbished the whole uh, integrity and re- legitimacy of, mm. of of the end uh, end protest and and here we are you know here mm. we are so so a, a movement that should have been a, a movement that should have been an opportunity or a great opportunity to uh, demand for the needed change across mm. the country has has, has 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 turned out to become something else that was not successful unfortunately so to speak yeah i mean uh you said so many things that i wanted to touch on i hope i'm not going to forget um so just for proper um context you don't live in the west right you don't live in lagos no, no so you I don't live in oh, oh okay and oh okay right uh so it's safe to say you yourself have never really have you really had experiences with police harassment or not just SARS? no not at all actually mm. i've mm. never had I've never had any experience with police harassment because um it's just the normal the normal um extortions that, mm, that usually the police that, that, that I usually see <laughs> and um I think the closest I've come uh, was when I was traveling to Illinois uh, uh, some time ago and mm. the, the police officer was insisting that I had to he had to search my search my bag I was mm. I was why, why would you why would you search my bag where is your warrant to search my he, 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 he refused to allow me to pass. I, I had to call the force headquarters and they had to intervene before um, they allowed me to pass. I think so that's the, that's the closest um, I've come with um, oh. uh, police harassment. Yeah. Yeah, Just to... Anything right. Just to touch on that, though, you called the force headquarters. Isn't that, is that like some sort of privilege? How do you call the... I'm sorry, I'm just... Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds like um, privilege. Not, not really privilege per se. I'm a journalist and oh. I was on duty. 
So I I I I just called the uh, uh, first public relations officer Frank mm. Obama. I explained to him, you know, uh, this is what's happening. I'm a journalist on duty, and your men are trying to disrupt my my work. And uh, he had to intervene. So it's not really uh, yeah, well. Can, some sorts. You call it professional <laughs> privilege. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah, because I mean, there are people that can't afford to make any phone call to anybody to bail them out in such situations and i feel like um you don't even have to have experienced it or know someone that has before you can actually yeah. understand why uh, just like you said it's a legitimate cause everyone was fed up and at some point it was beyond just trying to answer us it was literally nigerians yeah being fed up and saying we're tired of bad governance and we want you to do something about it and came out rightfully to do so like mm. i said you said quite a few things i was just trying to pick up yes 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 you when you mentioned um when you started having some religious and ethnical um connotations to it what did you see exactly that made you come to that conclusion because i wasn't fully aware uh, apart from one or two incidents where i know someone had to tag a tribe it felt like a uniform fight almost all of us were on mm. the same page of this course of this agenda of trying to make sure yeah. uh, police brutality is put to an end yeah. and for some reason it felt good because it looked like a lot of people were on the same on the same page for first time in a while especially online there's not much division or much divisive elements going about uh, yeah actually like, like i said it was something that actually set in at the later mm. part of the protest you know um, <clears throat> we had cases where we had to start making calls to Potakot, Abia, you know, Sabangari. I was, I was actually, um, I, I actually, I actually shot you. I shot you between Kano and Abuja. So I was in Abuja when, um, when the Sabangari issue uh, happened, and I had to start making calls to verify a lot of things that was flying mm. around. You know, uh, because because Sabangari is a, a predominantly not Muslim dominated area in in Kano, mm. and there was protests going on there. We had that there was um, there was violent uh, uh, clashes. And, and what have you so people people wanted to capitalize on that and start you know pardoning mm. uh, uh, religious incitement then we had an issue where the um, the leader of uh, the IPOB um, indigenous people of Yasa mm. and the Kanu made calls to uh, Igbo people to oh, yeah, destroy yeah. Yoruba properties and what have you even though he later denied uh, denied that you know uh, we have seen cases where actually culminated into into that we have seen issues where um uh, people in, in the western part of the country uh were now issuing uh, ultimatum to evil people that they should leave and you will see that it's it kind of it kind of frayed a lot of love mm. and, and 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 it increased the anger that was going on particularly online you know you know we have a lot of people that can express anger on yep, social media yep. very well so people were pouring, they were pouring <laughs> a lot of anger and a lot of, you know, that, that if you were on the other part of the world and you, you, you just take a look at what's happening on the Nigerian social media, sphere, you think Nigeria is burning mm. at the time, you know. But um, while, while we can confirm that quite some of those things actually happened, uh, a lot of them were actually misinformation yeah. and a lot of fake news that just that were just used to, 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 to create incitement mm. and what have you and pick people against mm. the other. So gracefully, I think a lot of people realize eventually and, and mm. attract. Yeah, but it did took uh, it did took a lot of those uh, coloration, which is not healthy for our mm. unity in diversity. That's that's true. Coming to that, before I come to that, um, you did mention as well about Westerners and the Northerners differences as to uh, the the protest and uh, 
the notion to emphasize itself as a northerner speaking as a northerner right now um there's that yeah. common narrative that northerners don't really care or not care but they're not really keen to emphasize and it's understandable mm. just like you've pointed out because of course you don't get many of um cases of um robbery it's another kind of menace or vices that north is currently dealing with so it's actually understandable yeah. that you know we may want different things but it's also yeah, it's also good to acknowledge and understand why probably westerners are trying to say okay we want this to end and this is why i personally feel like we do need to restructure our country if they not want SARS they should get SARS do you really agree that well i know it's i don't know if we can say it's fact you know, SARS really hasn't done much of damage in the north well um, um first of all let me touch somewhere that you uh, that you thought has been okay you know you, you made mention of a very sensitive word you talked about restructuring we, i don't want to sound so political mm. but the fact of the matter is that we have been deceiving ourselves in this country we really must mm. restructure if we must go ahead because a lot of things are not going down right simply because we have tried to play the ostrich mm-hmm. hide our head in the sand and not face reality you know um restructuring is way to go in order to put uh, uh the country forward especially instituting true federalism and what have you so um back to the issue of answers affecting the northern part of the country i wouldn't say the northerners didn't care much about their own mm. uh, about about the answers protest i think they were rather overwhelmed more than the answers protest you know just imagine yeah. you know bandits invading villages time and again killing hundreds of people all the time just imagine that you cannot ply abuja kaduna kano road without 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 mm-hmm. the fear or the risk of being kidnapped in multiples just imagine that you cannot just uh, uh, move out of uh, um how would i say robbery terrorism and what have you mm. so so i think they are overwhelmed more with their own troubles mm. which which they feel you know should be addressed so i think that that's the reason why they appear to look not concerned about the um mm. about the answers about the answers yeah. but i wouldn't say um i would say so i wouldn't say or rather i should say sas are not really much visible visible especially in the part of north where i trek i would speak for myself uh based on the places i've traversed in the north uh simply because i think their operational their operational focus is probably somewhere there in the west where they try mm. to where they have been concentrated uh uh for a lot of while and i think um that's also a misapplication of uh should i say the sas unit because we also need them uh down here you know mm. to come and start start busting these crimes that is happening mm. but they are not really um i wouldn't speak based on stat- statistics but you know i don't see them much on the streets and what have you and for the for the sheer fact that i don't see them much on the street and i have not had friends that have actually testified to me that they have had encounters with uh with uh with sas official then i would really say i i i think i would i would align with the fact that we don't have much sas trouble mm. in this part of the north because i can really count some of my friends uh uh up south that that really had encounters some have been brutalized you know some have been illegally detained and what have you but i can't really think of any northern colleague friend or associate that have had similar experience mm. so um Yeah, I think we don't have that bad blood with them. Mm. I I understand. And I also didn't mean it in the context of maybe they didn't care. If you notice I was trying to take back the word because we actually oh, saw yeah. a few northern states that did show solidarity and all of that. So, as as yeah. we speak, I know you 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 did touch on this while we were going along. I was wondering 
what exactly can you pinpoint and say maybe the protesters should have done differently um yeah like i said i am a i'm a, I'm a pragmatic person mm. and i believe in uh, strategy and action plan and i will give credit to the protesters that they have actually started the protest um very very brilliantly and executed it to a very reasonable degree to the extent that it brought attention of the Nigerian government and they, they had to yield to their demand mm. um i would say that number one try as much as possible to have factored in the fact that fake news would have hijacked the, mm. uh, the uh, hijacked the protest and 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 probably changed the narrative mm-hmm. because that's what happened mm-hmm. to be sincere you know fake news hijacked the protest and changed the narrative so it now gave people the the opportunity to just always say a uh, different side of the story mm. actually we are in the digital age an era of alternative facts mm. where uh, one person says something that is probably true another person says something that is probably true but what they should have done is they should have factored the fact that communication is a powerful tool that can actually change narrative mm. and actually disrupt their proceeding and they should have actually come up with fact checking handles rather mm. and other fact checking strategies to the extent that they can always you know marshal out their communication mm. very very well then secondly i think um uh, there's there, there's this notion out there that the entrance protest does not have a particular leader leadership structure mm-hmm. yeah you know um leadership structure i don't know how true that is but we have not really seen one mm. at the forefront and we've not really seen their structure one we, we should have had um a leadership structure that would have you know uh that would have championed the whole thing not to allow every tom dick and harry come in from all angles to you know to just hijack the whole thing that was what opened the doors for other elements to come in then um and another thing is when the government said it had uh it had disbanded sars if the sars protest had had a very mm-hmm. uh, standard leadership structure the most brilliant thing in my own perspective i think they should have done was to have you know l- mm. retreated from the streets you know and push mm. forward their leadership structure that's when advocacy you know that's when advocacy and stakeholder engagement should have set in on the part of the entire protest they would now start engaging the necessary quarters involved the nigerian po- uh, police force the presidency the ministry of interior and start putting pressure on them you know to start implementing mm. what they have said they are going to do and as they are putting pressure on them to implement those they will follow it up with threats mm. if you don't do this you have seen what we can do with people we will bring our people back to the states you know that's going to scare them and 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 and, 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 and i'm sure they will act uh, accordingly and i'm sure if they have acted it should have also been it should have also been uh, um, it's also been another opportunity for the youth to now come out again mm-hmm. genuinely and the protest will still have its integrity intact you know while they keep on pressuring for the uh, needed change so it's now been something of more of uh, i think it's just mm. the fact that tact and strategy were not fully in- implemented in the whole pro- in the whole in the whole thing otherwise it would have been it would have been one of the most successful you know okay. uh, i'll call it revolution right <laughs> okay interesting points to be honest but i have some yeah. counterpoints like as 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 an entrance protester okay. myself online protester i i have some counterpoints okay. first things yeah. first and i feel like i've said this okay. a million times as well to some other people i've had a chat with i feel like 
Okay, you did talk about, you know, um, Tom, Dick and Harry joining in. And yes, it's a fight for Tom, Dick and Harry. It's a collective fight. It's for every one of us. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, the, the decision to not have a leader is because we history has shown, we have seen it play out quite a number of times, that once you put a face out there, for some reason, is either those people are being bought over and being bribed, or those um, people are being held responsible mm. for things they know nothing about and you make them scapegoats of these situations and things like that. So um, you, you have a point. Yeah, I need to counter your counterpoint as well. That's why we fight for Tom, Dick and Harry, so to speak, because, because, mm. because we all have what we are determining for. Mm. You get, that's a fight for people who are aiming for good governance. That's a fight for people who are trying to ensure that the police unit is reformed for good. That's a fight for people who are trying to ensure that Nigeria is placed on a progressive pedestal. But do you know that there are people whose intention is not so? Do you know there are people whose intention is to cause division? Do you know there are people who don't want the progress and development of this country? Do you know there are people that that don't want the answers Theme. you know the brutality mm. the police brutality starts to end you know so how would you not accommodate them on mm. uh, 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 you know you know on such vision so when you say it's for uh, tom dick and harry i think um that's where you guys got it wrong <laughs> i mean i mean if we i do get your point i do get your point yeah. but i feel like when we say when i say it's for Tom, Dick, and Harry. I mean, we're literally fighting for every Nigerian to be treated with respect. Oh. Even if you're a hoodlum, you don't deserve yeah. to be treated the way we've seen them treat people. Do you get? So that's what yeah. I mean by for Tom, Dick, and Harry. It's a fight for everyone to be treated with respect no matter what you do. Every life is important. Even a hoodlum's life is important. You're not supposed mm. to illegally detain people the way we've seen them do. Mm. That being said, yeah, that being said, I, I understand what you're saying. But if we keep going back and forth, we're not going to move forward. But yeah, I, I think <laughs> we, we, can, we can agree to a middle ground there. I get your point. Yeah, yeah, I think, I yeah. I get you. I get you. And as I was trying to say earlier, that maybe it's me not being an activist or an advocate enough to know this. I just thought it was a simple and unanimous request. And freaking SARS. You don't exactly. need to address any freaking body. You see your people clamoring for the same thing because it felt like it was a unison thing. We were almost all on the same page you don't need to address anybody i from the comfort of uh, where i am or from my house is saying i want it to end somebody else from um somewhere else is saying i want it to end you don't need to look for somebody to face to say okay so what do you want you know what we want you're seeing it there just make a make a move and i think you know again one of the reasons why we pushed the way we did was because it's nigeria don't forget we're talking about nigeria Mm. We've seen the same thing play out exactly. over and over again. It's the same repeat and rinse cycle. You tell us you do this and yeah. you 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 wouldn't do it. How do you say you disband yeah. us and come up with SWAT? We all know what's going to happen. So again, I think it was exactly. what gave people the motivation to push and be like, see, you're not going to play the same card with us this time. 
we want something different. We're going to keep pushing. And I like the point mm. about creating fact-checking handles. But again, let's not forget, um, I don't know if I should say we didn't have the foresight. I'm saying we because I'm for enters. I don't know if I should say we didn't have the foresight to see that there was that tendency because there's always going to be that propensity for people to hijack the tension or take advantage of the tension that is brewing. I've been friends with, um, I was chatting with my friend who was an advocate in, back in uni as well. He was like, anytime they organize protests as a committee member, you always find hoodlums there. So there's always that propensity that some bad people would want to take advantage of the tension brewing. Maybe we should have exactly. had that foresight. Maybe. It wasn't a planned thing, let's not forget. Literally, people got up yeah. one day and say were tired due to something that happened and everybody just joined in. So there wasn't time exactly. to, you know, strategize and all of that. It was a collective outcry from people. And I felt exactly. the response should have been better. The response from our government should have been better, should have been proactive, should have been swift. Maybe it wouldn't have gone the other way. And also... I feel like I'm saying a lot of things. Also, the fact that these days, even in the media, you hear it's being saying, oh, uh, looting happening as a result of the NSAS movement. I don't know how to feel about mm. that because it's, it's, it's a bit unfair if you ask me. It's a bit like saying, yeah. oh, you guys cost it. Meanwhile, the only mm. thing we were doing was literally asking for good governance, doing the right thing. So, I mean, we, we have to kind of like connect the dots here and put things into proper perspective. But I just don't feel it's fair to say looting happened or all of this happened as a result of the NSAS. No, because the NSAS generally, we came out for a good cause. The fact that something else mm. unrest happened later on and for me if yeah. i'm to throw the blame because if they want to go by throwing blames i'll say oh your response cost it because we saw it I'm, i i don't i don't say things that are factually incorrect i always say that i would never say yeah. something that is factually incorrect on my podcast but we saw abuja especially did you see the response from abuja yeah. from the first days of the protest we saw the response exactly. from the military why are you why are you why are you pouring water on protesters that were Armless. Like, why, why, why? Even though we don't know who sent them, but there, there's legitimate um, proof that some people were sent to counter NSAS protesters. Literally bringing thugs to attack. We can't say well, who they are, well, 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 but I yeah. know it has some political undertone, well. but we can't say who they are. So, for me, all of those responses... You know, you, 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 know, you mm. have raised quite a lot of points here, but you, you actually just need to narrow it down to what I've just said. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I, I, men I mentioned mm. art and strategy. The fact that there was just an outcry that just came out without being an opportunity for, um, for, for, for the people who are the front runners to regroup and always plan you know, ahead so that they can counter whatever is coming to lock them down. You know, it would have been, it would have been something that would have mm. propelled the movement. It would have still have the movement standing up to them. You know, then... Um, but um, but but if you look at the, the whole hijacking thing, believe me, you 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 would agree with me that it's not coming from a single quarter. See, we are we are we are mischievous mm. as Nigerians. Believe me, believe me, you individuals could mm. sponsor could sponsor people to come across this continent. Organizations could sponsor people. Vested interests could sponsor people. People in government could sponsor mm. people. Political parties who are loggerheads who sponsor people, and believe me, you, I can, I can actually even, 
I can actually say, although not for a fact, that a lot of this came into mm. play. Uh, you know, it's just not a sponsorship from one mm. quarters uh, where people are just being sponsored to come and call. It does. It didn't come from one quarter. Look at the look at the speed at which the whole thing was disrupted. You will know that a lot of factors came mm. into play, and that's Nigeria for you. And I think um, uh, before I go further, I need to clarify that I am for. I'm always for what Nigerians want. Uh, mm. as far as it will contribute to their growth, development and peaceful coexistence if uh, 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 down if in the west they don't want end SAS I, I, I stand with mm-hmm. them mm. you know, if in the north they still want SAS operatives, I stand with them because first of all we mm. are humans and um, and uh, before we are Nigerians and we need to uh, we need to we need to ensure that what we want we get you know and, and stuff like that. So it doesn't mean that simply because um, I'm, a, I'm a northerner and maybe it doesn't affect the lot very well. I, I'm mm. not in solidarity mm. with my people from the Western part. No, I am strongly, I'm strongly in solidarity with them. And I think where we all got it wrong, let me use the yeah. word we here, is the, um, it, it's, from the, it's from the fact that we actually look at it as a simple protest, mm. like you said, with a simple demand, not knowing that it was going to uh, you know, transgress. In essence, I was trying to say that we took the simplicity of the demand for granted. That was why it was disrupted. Had it been, uh, had it been, we, we didn't just look at it as a, as a simple protest that would just pressure government to enter us and what and, and, and what have you. They would have been able to forecast that mm. there are probabilities that may hijack mm. this thing on the uh, end of the day. Would have been able to plan better. I, I, I would, have, would have been able to achieve something. Well, having said that, I do hope that um, uh, the NSAS protest will, some, will come back big and strong in such a way that it will actually push for the mm. uh, growth and development. Absolutely. Yeah, in this yeah. I mean, you, that's the, you've said it. <laughs> you said it just as I, as, I, as I thought it too. And we talked a lot about <laughs> earlier, we mentioned about the role that fake yeah. news has played in all of this. I, for one, were, hated seeing. If I saw any yeah. account that was carrying any misinformation, I block. I don't even share. I don't even engage to say, oh, this yeah. is wrong. No, I just block because I don't <laughs> want the next person yeah. to see that wrong information, exactly. even if they know it's a wrong information. So immediately I say, I, I hate, yeah. naturally, I just hate fake news. Mm, I don't like yeah. people that do parody accounts. I just, I'm just not, all of these things just don't sit well with me. And we've seen the role that it has played in all of this. It's, amplified so many things that it shouldn't have it's just no 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 no. you talked about fact checking handles earlier do you actually well it it, it would help to some extent but we can't really control what people say with with their social media can we Mm. Mm. no we really cannot control what people say on social media but i think we need to mm. we need to understand that fake news itself it's a it's a destructive element in itself because if you go mm. back to history fake, fake news is not real you could trace history back to you could trace it back to um adolf hitler adolf hitler used fake news as a mm. very strong tool uh, that was what enabled him to be able to massacre millions of jews successfully and if you if you if you read um hannah Arendt's the origin of totalitarianism you would see how people use fake news as a tool, you know, to 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 be able to achieve their mm. devious, you know, their devious end. So and and, and 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 it's so sad that what fake news does is that fake news tries to create a kind of post-truth society where 
you 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 don't even even as a professor of anything you will not be able to have the time for logical mm-hmm. thinking for you to be able to differentiate between truth and what's not so true you, you get and and because of that people are and because people mm-hmm. are are in a rush for validation people want to say i am the i am the source of this news people want that validation they want they want people they want them to be seen as informed so they just rush to share anything they come across without uh, verifying so when you look at all this you know it's going to take us somewhere that we are not going to like you know and i think the best way for us i don't believe in draconian laws because by the time you now start talking mm. of regulating the social media and what have you you're giving you're giving you're giving uh, the government an opportunity to clamp down on people who are legitimately airing you know expressing themselves on social media you know we have seen what uh, they they do with the cyber crime act mm. you know the way they are clamping down on people you know and what have you so if you now start talking of regulating social media in Nigeria then we are actually opening we are actually giving uh, government more powers to clamp down on people which i think is not way to go i think what is wait for us to go and painstakingly so it's going to take a long time but we need we need to painstakingly go through that process is the fact that we need to prioritize media literacy you know people need to understand the power of information people need to understand the power of communication people need to understand mm-hmm. the power of what they share people need to understand how they can go through the basics you know to check you know to fact check things before they share not that when you see something just because it suits your sentiment you are on it already by the time you have 1000 mm-hmm. followers for example you you, you retweet someone who has 100000 followers retweets you will in few seconds it it it, it, it it has multiplied and people will act on that because when you talk of information information or media content yeah. that shapes the shape they shapes your thoughts and your thoughts shape your character and your character in turn shapes your action so when we keep on feeding our people with fake news you know and those kind of misinformation they their orientation tends towards the wrong direction and their action you know is going to be something that we are not going to like in this country so let's prioritize uh 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 information literacy in fact if i have the opportunity of meeting uh uh the minister of information and culture i will actually tell him to make that a mandate of the federal government because i heard he was he was over the he was over the hills trying mm. to uh, you know threaten the state go- uh, the federal government that if they don't if, if they don't if they don't shut down social media the internet in nigeria he's going to resign as the minister you know and stuff like that he, he's very very angry <laughs> he's very very angry with social media right now mr hey. lai mohammed you know but, but 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 anger is not way to go you get i would if i have the chance i would tell him to 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 let him collaborate with his with his counterpart in the ministry of uh ministry of uh education for example maybe um other relevant ministries and what have you and make information media and information literacy a top priority of the federal government let's try and clarify people from the basic level various degrees of information literacy that we will put them through so that they can actually you know check that we enable them to be conscious of what they share and how they share it that's one then secondly let's prioritize what you call counter narratives mm. you know You, you, you know when you have when you have a narrative out there that's not true let's have people who are always willing to come up to counter that claim and and and, and, and you know put the whole thing to, to rest mm. so i think what we are able to prioritize is to a very large extent i'm not saying to be to, to be sincere fake news is not something 
that we uh, we can eliminate completely because it happens even in the most uh, advanced part of the world. But we can limit it to a reasonable degree that it's not going to cause wanton uh, destruction of lives and properties eventually for us, uh, you know. But if we keep on going like this, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so blown away right now. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Nigeria, I think we're, we're on the way there. We're almost done. I wanted to just ask you, as a Nigerian okay. youth, do you yeah. think we're, we're ready and we're awake? Because that's what it felt like um, the last few weeks. It felt like there was this sudden awakening. Like we all just woke up and we're all just suddenly seeing things clearly and we're ready to take back the country. Do you have that feeling? And also, how did the president's address make you feel as a youth, watching or listening to that? Okay. <laughs> Summary. Um, you know, yeah, you know, we are, are, we, are we awake? I wouldn't say we are awake. Mm. We are not awake. We are, we are just waking up. Because if we had woken up, you know, I, I would see a lot of, um, I would see a lot of, you know, movements mm. here and there, even from the grassroots levels that are genuinely trying to, you know, hold grip of things. Mm. For example, now, you see young people, you, young people, though, for example, they don't want to participate at local levels, for example. They don't want to part, participate in party politics. Mm. They don't want to participate in anything. They just want to be given appointments and be turned into pawns by the politicians and what have you. For me to, for me to uh, judge, finally, I think I would, I would, I would wait towards um, 2022 before I can now decide whether we are we are mm. finally awake or not. Mm. But I think we are waking up. And I think what has woken us up is the fact that we have been yeah. home for quite a while, you know, for the whole for the whole world and for the Nigerian population. You know, we, we have sat down, we have been in lockdown and it gave us enough time to, to mm. reflect and come oh, what's going on in this country? Are we sane? <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Then again, a whole lot of young the young population mm. are university are university students. And because of the ASU, because of the ASU strike, most of them are at home. You know they couldn't, uh, you know they couldn't engage themselves productively and what. So when when this interesting came, it was an opportunity for them to, you know, get themselves engaged. Mm. You, 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 get, you get. So if you look at it from that sense, you know, I wouldn't say we uh, we are fully awake, but I think this should be a catalyst that would wake us up. Uh, uh, you, you know, mm. completely. Then are we ready? For governorship, uh, for governance, uh, you know, having mandates as governor, you know, um, I always like to look at things yeah. from two sides of the coin. You know, it's it's about it's about being um, uh, trying to be objective on both sides. If I look at it from one angle of the whole thing, I would say a lot of Nigerian youths are really not mm. really really ready. Why? Because I've had a lot of encounters with a lot of people. They lack vision. You know, they lack foresight. They lack, uh, it's not as if I am me that I'm talking, I have those, but I'm just trying to point it out. You know, they, 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 they lack idea, basic idea of what they are going to do when governorship, when governance rule is being handed to them or when they are being elected into public office. You will see that I have sampled a lot of young people I've interacted with. And believe me, you 99% of them tells me that when they get there, they must have mm. their own share of the national cake. That's the rhetoric. That's, the, that's what everybody is. That's what most of those young people are just, I always say, I always say. So it scares me because, why does it scare me? It scares me because we are seeing this generation that, that, that are turning this country upside down right now. 
are the generation that had it easy when they were coming up. Mm. They are the generation that had free education. They are the generation that were given allowances. They are the generation that were given monthly stipends. They are the generation mm. that were being fed in school. You know, they are the generation that when they graduate, they had to choose between jobs. They are the generation that when you are when you are being appointed, you have your official house, your official car waiting for you. They are the generation that are turning this country upside down. Now we have a generation coming up that has been maltreated by this generation that had it fair. So, so what do you think? What do you think that generation will do Gee. when they get into power? It scares Gee, me. Gene, I've never thought about it. <laughs> I've know, never thought about like... it. Now that you're raising it, you're making me scared. You want me to go back on my point? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. Please don't go back on your point. You know, having having said having said this, I'm optimistic. And I am fully, fully, fully optimistic that we have some very, very brilliant, vibrant, and young intellectual people mm. out there who can do the needful. You know, who weren't given the opportunity. You know, it's because they are not the spotlight is not cast on them. But if they are, they, they get the opportunity for the spotlight to be cast on them, and they are being elected into uh, public office, I'm very, very optimistic that they are, we have people with mm. good hearts. We have people with vision. And we have brilliant people who can do a lot of things, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, the right way when they, when mm. they, um, when they eventually uh, get into power. So, for uh, my clarion call here would be to be: it's not just about calling for young people to mm. take over power, you know, because if we call for young people to take over power, I'm going to use my <laughs> word again. Every Tom Dick and Harry will come and take over power, and we're going to find ourselves in a deeper mess than we are. But it is for us to on our own identify young people who are gifted, who are talented, who are brilliant, who are visionary, who knows what leadership role is all about. You know, for us to pinpoint them, we have them within our communities. You know, we have them within our societies. We have them in every sphere of, you know, every unit of our, our you know, of, of the places we live in. You know, it's just for us to just look around and pinpoint those people and push them forward and believe me you those people will do wonders so it's not just the clarion call it's not just the, it's not just the clamor to have young people it's the clamor to have uh, a brilliant young visionary people because i always have i've held a lot of uh, 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 leadership positions myself and i always find it tasking because you, you people don't even know mm. the basic role you say someone is an assistant secretary general or someone is an secretary general, or someone is a treasurer, then you have to you have to micromanage mm. him through his responsibilities because he doesn't even know what the most basic of his responsibilities are. You know, so these kind of people can, cannot cannot really lead the country. But when you have people who knows what their responsibilities are and they can even come up with initiative, you know, on ways to go about having things easy and you know sustainably good, you know, yeah. then we are talking. So really, let's clam up for young. Let's vibrant young brilliant talented and vibrant people you know to to, to, to take over power and i will be i will be <laughs> in the forefront of that clamor <laughs> if you need me so, <laughs> so uh, talking about the presidential speech i'm sorry to say this a lot of uh, a lot of viewers uh, a lot of listeners might not be happy hearing this but i stopped listening to the presidential speech a long time ago <laughs> why because the presidential speech is not so presidential I'm sorry to say you know because when you i was i was in i was in um i was i was in between traffic when i had an appointment with someone i said i should hurry up that because pres the president is going to is going to speak by 7 p.m today i just i just laughed 
in my mind. I didn't tell him. I said, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> That's what I said in my mind. So I just, I just, I just had to hurry up and meet the appointment. We were together when, when, if not for, if not for my guest, I wouldn't have listened to, to the speech. But we were together when the speech, so we now live streamed it from BBC and we were listening. When we finished, he was disgusted. Why? Because you are the president of the Federal Republic. You need to address, first of all, you were not proactive in addressing this issue. Because when the issue came, with your usual lackadaisical attitude, you sat down and, and, and you allowed things to degenerate, degenerate. Nigerians have to pressure you before you talk. You know? Secondly, you had speech, a speech prepared for you, and you cannot really vet the speech to see before you even come on air to, 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 to ensure that this speech carries content and messages that will resonate with the yearnings of the people. You come online and you are telling us that there is no government that has fought poverty more than... Is that the issue? Oh, God. <laughs> See, my, <laughs> my Yoruba blood is boiling. As I, just as, as the, as the thought Please of calm. it. <laughs> Please calm down. So, 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 you know, a presidential speech, one, is supposed to have a total... It's supposed to tell the people that who are listening that yes as your leader i have a total grasp of the whole issues that is at hand mm. one secondly it's supposed to tell the people that you so you are in solidarity with their yearnings with their wants because that is what you are trying to achieve as a leader the people will now reason to reason, reason with you thirdly you are supposed to um, should i say condole with them or extend your um, um, greetings to them over the over the wanton destruction or undesirable destruction of lives and properties. Then you are now now supposed to now reignite hope, you know, by telling us not those kind of political jargon talk, telling us the things or the strategies or the things you have put in place to ensure that you address this and this doesn't happen again. Please, my sister, Sadia, let me ask you, did the presidential speech contain any of these elements I've mentioned? Look, it was empty. So it was bland, and so, the, la the lack of empathy in that speech. So, so just so, so yeah, exactly. Oh God! It made oh. me wonder. It made me wonder who are the people that write the presidential speech, and it made me wonder uh, the, the, the credibility and pedigree of the of the presidential spokesperson. I mean, spokesperson. We have seen, we have seen vibrant spokesperson. Look at when. When, if, you, if you read Power, Politics and Death, look at when uh, um, um, Adeni was spokesperson of late President El Adwa, you will be surprised at what those guys are doing. You get, but here you have spokespersons, you have lots of, in fact, in the history of, in the history of the Nigerian uh, presidential system, have we had a, a, a president that had lots of media aides like we, like, like this president <laughs> have? <laughs> we have Special advisor on media publicity, special assistant on media publicity, special assistant on social media, special assistant on new media, special assistant mm. on digital media, special assistant mm. on broadcast media, this and that and that. You have several media, and yet, yet, none of these people can put heads together, including, I had including there are some ministers that who are part of the presidential uh, speech writing uh, and stuff. But you cannot put heads together and come up with something that will resonate with the people. You cannot put her together and come up. You know, if a president of a country speaks, oh my God, 
Do you know what it means to be a president of the country? Listen. You're the number one citizen. <laughs> so that is like your fat, your fat where is making me boy. <laughs> you're the number one citizen of the country. You are the touch bearer of that country. And when you talk, even if it's A, you say, it carries a lot of weight. So people want to, people want to feel that you you are really their leader. People want to feel that you are connected with them. People want, want to feel that you are in touch with them. You know, people want to feel that you understand their needs and their yearnings. And if your speech cannot show us that you understand what Nigerians are going through, is it the solution that we will now be hoping for? See, you know. So I, I'm, I'm sure. I think in my, you know, <laughs> in all my blab is you would have, you would have gotten my take on the presidential speech. I, I, I got it already because a lot of people share similar sentiments and. Trust me, my robot self cannot even react right now because I'm so high that if I start, I'll just, you know, I'll just go off. <laughs> but anyways, I've had the best and a great conversation with you. I wanted to say a few things, but I think I've forgotten. Uh, I think oh I was going to say, I think I was going to say, uh, yeah, I remember I was going to say that I do believe that we are Nigerian youth. I mean, uh, some are yeah. awake. Some are awake. Uh, yeah, I have a few reservations yeah. about some people in the grassroots, but I do believe that many people are quite awake. And hopefully, I, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll get there and we're able to actually engage in our local politics, engage our politicians, and actually possibly take back our control or take back the country, if, we, if, if I'm to say. And we will, honestly. I, 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 I think from 2020, we start jerrying up. <laughs> fingers crossed i was saying this earlier well i usually say it like my tip my thinking is like just like you mentioned in your comment earlier about uh people already saying when they get there they'll get they also want to get from the national cake but i feel like typical nigerian that's why when people say the government the government i'm like who's the government it's fellow nigerians so i feel like our problems are rooted in our fundamental thinking as a people we don't even our orientation in general orientation. needs some overhauling and some factory reset or something because <laughs> it's exactly. the way we think like <laughs> it's, it's the same cycle of things we've been going through yeah. and going through so that's my fear but i know there's some yeah. people with different thoughts so i hope we're, we're able to elect the right people yeah. and i'm hopeful i'm really hopeful i really hope we Honestly. maintain this energy yeah. from 2023 yeah i think you have a very good platform and and and, and we uh, all of us we as young people who are who are concerned about the nation have very great platform. For example, you're a podcaster, I'm a journalist. You can use our platform to always create the necessary mm. orientation. The little we do, you never can tell. It's going to have a lot of um, resounding impact, you know, on, 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 on what we're going to have in the future. So let's not relent, you know, the small pockets of the little there, one way or the other, mm. it's going to reverberate and come up with the needed, with the needed results. So yep. let's just keep on trying. So I will encourage you to also use your platform to, uh, as well as uh, ensure that you try to create that um, orientation among mm. uh, our team and young people. And I'm also using my, my own little platform, my little self. Yep. To that I it's all about everyone making a collective effort. We all have to play our role 
uh, it's we all, we all have to be involved in yeah. this. I was going to ask you any last words, but I think you've just yeah. you know rounded it all up for us. I've had the best conversation. Thank yeah. you so much <laughs> exactly. for coming on, and I'm really looking forward okay. to having you back on okay. um, yeah, sure. to talk about the ROI agenda and so many other things you've been doing because you sound like you've been up to a lot of amazing work, and I really want to share that. I love to hear that. I'm so grateful for your insight here today, and um, I'm I'm really really excited. Like you can probably tell from my voice, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> thank you, too. Um, I, 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 I thank you for having me as well, and I also enjoyed the conversation because I think this is one of the freest conversations I've had uh, <laughs> in ten times. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we all could we all could use you know honest, open conversations. I don't know why we we, we are shying away yeah, from it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming, and thank you so much yeah, for listening, exactly. guys. And until okay. I come your way sometime again. Uh, on another episode um it's bye from mm. myself and mohammed bye